Welcome to Machine Learning. Well, doing a lot of work with uh, Python pandas and uh, um, working with uh, pivot tables. So, pivot tables, again, we've talked a little bit about the difference between pivot and pivot tables. But the difference between pivot, uh, PD, pandas, pivot, is pivot has to uh, use the index. So you have to set up a, a multi-hierarchical index or multi-index or single index. It doesn't matter if it's single or multi, but uh, uh, you, you work with the different levels. So level zero is your, uh, your outermost uh, index. And, uh, and then you have your uh, you have your um, so once you have your level, then you you can uh, you can pivot the data. So then you have uh, ID bars, which is which is your index variables uh, that you want to uh, group by, and then you would have columns and uh, values. So that's a the simple structure to a pivot and a pivot table and then um, once you ha get the results from the pivot table you can uh, transpose them if you want to move uh, if you want to move switch the rows and the columns and uh, um, so the value of the pivot table is that you can tie in uh, a function to it, like a, an AGG, and then you can specify the, whether you want it to sum, you want to calculate the mean, you want to count, um, calcu calculate the standard deviation. Um, and so th th these are... And you can also create a user-defined function that you pass the data to. Like, say, like you want to calculate the z-score on the, on the variables. So uh, you take the value and divide it by the mean and the standard deviation, and you get the, the z-score. And so you could then see, see the uh, significance, statistical significance. So pivot tables are very useful. Uh, sometimes I know that people are trying to get the, the results in the form they want, uh, where they will use like a group by, a multi-index group by. I saw that on a little bit on Stack Overflow today, yesterday. And, um, and yes, you can get your data uh, roughly in the form that you want. Uh, you know, like for example, if you do a melt, and then you get into the two columns. You get a, a, a variable column and a values column. And then you want to get that back into a columnar form. Uh, you could use a pivot table. Uh, or um, you may be able to uh, use stack or unstack. That's always confusing to me. Like, what, what is stack and what is unstack? Uh, so stack is stacking things uh, vertically. 
and unstack his moving things horizontally along a certain level. So you can specify the level which is the you want to uh, you want to unstack at, and so that might be one solution. And uh, I'm I'm not really great at understanding stack and unstack yet. Uh, it's used a lot in chains of things, and so um, those are sometimes challenging because when you have a chain of Python, a Pythonic chain, uh, a lot of times you don't really visualize what's happening at every step of the chain, and so uh, it can be it can be kind of. Uh, uh, scary at first when you look at Pythonic code uh, to figure out what it does. And even yesterday, I was looking at some uh, some of the examples with uh, chaining that they were doing, and uh, it wasn't really uh, obvious uh, what they did until I, I broke it down and uh, and then did the visuals at each step of the chain. Then I was able to see what what they were doing. So. Uh, Return back to uh, our discussion yesterday about uh, um, about how AI is predicting to AI and robotics are predicting to change the workplace. So in the next ten years, uh, 120 million workers will be retraining, uh, you know, slowly phased out, moved into different types of jobs, or uh, they'll be looking for. Things where uh, you know the human element is required. So I was thinking about what what are some of those aspects. Well, you know, a lot, more and more times now with augmented reality, people are going into stores and uh, you know they're they're looking around uh, at at uh, different uh, clothes or items. Um, and with augmented reality, they're going to be getting three dimensional feedback. They can see what the the uh, outfit looks like um, on them. The AI can uh, pretty much, in using the Unreal Engine, calculate and morph the clothes to the person's body in an augmented reality. So they could look, they could look you know, maybe in a virtual mirror and see what the outfit would look like on them. Uh, so that, you know, uh, so originally you would need to have kind of an expert or you know like a salesperson who might be able to help you or assist you in selecting clothes that would look really nice on you. So there would be things like texture, color, uh, different combinations, personality, you know, etc. that go into uh, selection of clothes. And, and so they, uh, uh, you know, they would assist you in that. But, you know, more and more uh, with COVID, you know, the things are become less personal, less interactions. You still have people at the front desk who are, are, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess front counters checking out and giving you a bill and charging you. But it's very easy to uh, have smart carts now and uh, every item that's in the cart can be uh, radio ID'd as it's put in there. Uh, the tally is, is complete and so when you get to the counter, uh, you just put in your credit card and uh, it runs out a receipt for you. And maybe uh, every so many uh, items, a person will come through and do an audit and make sure that the system accurately did the count and the tally correctly. 
So, um, you know, this is a world where uh, self-service is going to become more important. I remember reading a lot of books on self-service uh, because I'd read a, a, a factor where it said that that was a trend and it was and the reason why self-service was uh, so much better is it uh, had so it was scalable, uh, you know, it, it respected the consumer's time and uh, it uh, uh, made for a better experience for the customer. And so there are some companies that I know where you check out, uh, when you check out, you uh, help do some of the work. You, they don't have people there to bag your food, you bag your own food uh, items. And uh, and then as you leave, uh, you know, you make your payment to the, the teller. And, you know, they're able then to reduce down the, the labor cost and, you know, that transfers to you as a consumer to cheaper prices. So it's a brilliant way for uh, employing self-service to reduce down cost and increase profits for the company. Um, there are also some companies where they now have smart kiosks where um, the AI is watching what you pick up and what the actions that you're doing. It can, it can, uh, uh, it can interpret particular actions like you know looking at this product picking up the product examining the product putting the product back etc you know there's actionable things or behaviors now that the AI can understand and correctly uh, classify so you know and when you combine that in with robotics uh, robotics now have fairly uh, high degrees of freedom uh, you know, they're working with highly dexterous robots, which combine uh, strings or even piezoelectric uh, muscle contraction, uh, artificial muscle contraction. And you're going to have uh, these type of highly dexterous robots capable of doing complex work like soldering, uh, assembly, and manipulation of, of different parts and because of that the uh, cost is, which has been very prohibitive because these machines have been very expensive to purchase are being mass-produced I saw you know different companies robotic companies where they're now producing hundreds of thousands of robots not just tens of robots but hundreds of thousands of robots and uh, and you know they're being used in uh, areas that can be automated. So from that report, it was say, saying that six out of 10 jobs have the possibility of some form of automation, but only a small percentage have actually been converted to automation. So there's been a resistance due to probably cost, but uh, you know, now as COVID is driving demand, co companies are, are concerned, uh, you know, what, of, not only was there labor shortages uh, in in the skilled labor, but uh, uh, but now there's there's shortages in unskilled labor. So uh, there there's a demand for robotics and uh, to to help keep the world moving. So automation was uh, was an important part all along, but it was there was barriers to it. And now as these barriers are coming down. Our companies are willing to invest into the future uh, the automation is 
is uh, playing a, a bigger factor. So what does that mean for, for you? Um, I think what that means for you is that, uh, that uh, the skill set of tomorrow will be data related. And uh, so you're gonna need to you know, learn some basic skill sets that uh, you may not have been comfortable with in the past. Uh, Excel, learning to work with data sheets and, uh, and uh, importing them, creating visualizations, uh, learning some statistics and what the, what the thing, statistical analysis means. For example, linear regression, uh, ordinary least squares, linear, uh, linear, general linear modeling which we've talked about uh, a couple days ago. And, uh, and uh, even the logistic regression, random forest classifier, uh, support vector machine. These are all different classifiers that basically do one of five things, which is classify, trend, uh, find anomalies, uh, and automation. So, uh, when you get down to that point, oh, oh and, and groupings, groupings is the other, like K, K means clustering, uh, TSE, and uh, um, PCA. So those are some type of groupings that may be useful for you to know. So the world of data science is going to take time for you to learn, and there, there's a real challenge to to building a data scientist with the knowledge where he can come into a company, analyze the data, and start uh, uh, answering tough data questions. So, you know, we see that in the form today of uh, business intelligence. They, they kind of lump that group together and just call it business intelligence. And then you have another group that's working Python and uh, and machine learning, uh, and then you have another group that's you know in PySpark and Hive and Hadoop and, and Redshift and Snowflake. These are all just you know these are different trends, and they, and they are matching the scalability needs of those companies. So the big companies they're they're working with large clusters, servers with lots of servers, up to two thousand servers. And uh, you know they're they're uh, you know extracting huge amounts of information across these data lakes. And what are they trying to understand? They're trying to understand uh, behavior of the group so that they can make decisions based on those behaviors. And um, uh, you know what about the medium-sized companies? What are they what are they looking at in machine learning? Uh, you know, there, it could be audits, okay, machine learning and audits, looking for fraud, looking for uh, anomalies, looking for trends, uh, and then getting statistical variance, you know. So one of the ideas for building quality is to reduce down variance, so getting in uh, control variance parameters of operation, getting ranges. And then, uh, you know, looking for behavior that uh, does, uh, uh, they can use to make predictions is very useful. And, uh, and this is something that uh, uh, the machine learning at a medium-sized company, I actually think a medium-sized company is where I like. 
Um, I've thought about the large companies. I've worked for large companies. And I like the infrastructure. I like the resources of a large company. Um, but I just, the, the controls on large companies are just enormous. The bureaucracies are very high. And small companies seem to be more innovative. They're quicker. Uh, they're, they implement reasonable levels of technology. They don't have quite the resources. They don't quite have the depth of caliber of the uh, employees as far as the skill sets and the diversity of the skill sets. However, um, it is easier to get work done and I, I do like that medium-sized range. I think that's a great uh, niche to, to be in, actually. And that's where I, I'm in. And, you know, it's slowly moving back again into the large corp as the, as the corporation grows. Um, you know, someday it'll probably be a multi-billion dollar company. And in that case, when it does become that way, then we'll move from a medium-sized company infrastructure to a large. So then you're, you're back in with a larger number of employees, uh, better defined processes. But there's still, in large companies, there's still a lot of chaos. And, uh, and so you're looking for talent to come in and help keep things running and, and coming up with a, a better, newer and better ways of doing the, the work. And, uh, and so for that reason, um, I, I, I think that the large companies are actually composed of a, a lot of departments that may function and behave like a small company uh, based on their budgets and resources and uh, timelines. So, but your skill sets are gonna be more data-driven and related. So it's, you know, it's gonna be smart for you to start uh, looking to uh, gaining some of that knowledge now if you, you haven't already started. At least get in there and start working with Python, writing some scripts, get a GitHub started, learn how to do GitHub, learn how to uh, you know pick up a couple of books on Python, and then slowly start working into machine learning and, uh, and uh, getting comfortable with that. So you need at least a year, uh, get up every morning, two hours every day for a year and uh, do programming and uh, you should be okay.